Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am E5 Bayo. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Y'all, grab a seat, cop a squat, get a chair, a pillow, a blanket. Hell, sit right here on the stoop. Get you something to drink, some tea, some milk, <coughs> something cold, something hot, some coffee. Hell, it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. 
First of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you on this Monday morning. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for the emails and text messages of saying you found this podcast and it helped you or, you know, it entertains you or shit. Some people even said they didn't like it, but they listened anyway. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All I'm doing is sharing my life experience and in hopes that it will help someone to know that they're not alone, that they ain't going through shit on their own, and that we all go through something. It doesn't matter if you hold a title, if you're spiritual, if you're just beginning, if you an old-timer, we all go through something. It's how you maneuver through it. Do you fold, cry, give up, run back to your comfort zone, or you put your head down, tighten up your bootstrings, and keep going? And say, fuck those people, I'm going to keep going. It, it happens. It happens. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about a, a subject. But then I, I got a phone call, and I was like, wow, do people wait? Let's talk about that. Because, you know, my mother used to always say, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> God said, uh, you want to talk about this? Let me throw a curve in there. Boop. <laughs> oh, oh. You know, when we are... Uh, living this spiritual life and on this spiritual journey. We get into relationships. And it's really sad. It doesn't happen all the time, but for the times that it do, it happens more times than you imagine. But when the time that it does... It's sad. It's sad. I want to talk about a few things when you're in a relationship and you are, um, you know, talking to uh, your mate or your partner or whatever it is you want to call it. Right? So... We, we get into these relationships and, you know, when we meet them, it's the first example. And if this is not you, don't worry about it. And if it is, let's start changing, changing the narrative, right? So <laughs> we get in these relationships, we smoking and drinking and partying, you know, we cussing people out, we doing the crazy. You and your partner, you know, y'all know that something is wrong. It's toxic, but yet and still, y'all don't want to leave each other alone. Then you wind up getting married. Okay, and something happens where one of y'all gets a spiritual awakening. This is the first example. And (laughs) you start looking at your partner. You're married, right? We're talking about marriage. 
And you look at your partner and you go, I don't, I don't even know why I married him. And I'm spiritual. He's not. Or she's not. And you find someone that is spiritual and that's on their journey and they're loving crystals and sage and all of that. They into tarot cards and all that. So now you in love with that person and you think that the universe played a bad joke on you. So you're ready to go with this person and you making the person you married miserable. You don't want to talk no more. Everything is an argument, you know, and you're trying to show them that you're spiritual and they're not. They stuck in their ways. They still want to drink. And it becomes one big mess. And now y'all fighting. Your house is unpeaceful. And you keep on trying to say you trying to make it peaceful. But they're the ones. No, it's your ass. It's your ass. Because what's wrong with as you go? You introduce all of that to all that information you got to your partner. Now, I want to share a story. When me and Craig, God bless the day, because my ex-husband passed away. When me and Craig got together, you know, I was locking my hair. And at first, he thought he was first. <laughs> I didn't tell him that I cut all my hair off. Right, I had, well, he showed me I had a long ponytail down my black back, right, and he would, you know, Craig would like brushing my hair and stuff like that. So, one day I went, and that was the first time Troy Vaughn ever cut my hair, and I went and I chopped it all off, and I'm walking down a block, and Craig looked because it was me and my sister or Tressy. He said, "What the fuck?" He said, yo, I ain't married no dude. And I was like, but I'm still pretty. <laughs> and he grew accustomed to it, right? He did. He grew accustomed to it because two reasons. One was, you know, he he respected whatever I did, right? That's That's one thing. But two, these guys was walking and they was like, yo, ma, <laughs> yo, shorty. A lot of people can't cut their hair. Yo, your hair look fine. Then he turned and now, you know, I always say a dog bark louder when another dog is in his yard. So he was like, yeah, and I had my face beat, you know. So he was like, okay, and you really saw my freckles then. So, and he, he would just laugh. So that was the first time. And then as it started growing, I didn't want no more perms. So I started locking my hair. And he was being honest. He was like, yo, I, I, I could never lock my hair. And I was like, for real? He's like, nah. He said, but you can. You you can. He was like, go ahead and do it. And I didn't ask for his permission. We just had a conversation. Because we believe that one complements the other. So we just had a conversation. He was like, yo, I'm not going to lock mine. But, you know, you can. I'll support you 100. Okay. So as my locks started growing in. I would wrap my hair. Then he used to be like, oh, my God. When we was living in Atlanta, he would tell everybody, nah, my girl got locks. Nah, my wife. My wife got locks. <laughs> you know? So when it came to the spiritual aspect, I sat down and anything I learned or I acquired or something that I was researching, 
I would sit and talk with him. And we would learn together. And he would see it from another standpoint. So it wasn't where I, you know, I'm on this spiritual enlightenment. No, we're on this together. You know what I'm saying? So if I learned about crystals and his sign, I started giving him tiger's eye. As he go, you know, my, my ex-husband would work, you know, for entertainers. He was security, you know, their, their bodyguard. So, because he was a big dude. So, I would give him tiger's eye as, a, you know, he couldn't really wear necklaces or rings. So, but one time I had one wrapped and it was like on a chain on his neck. But it was like a rope. Just in case if it popped off, it wasn't, you know, because he couldn't really wear too much jewelry. And Craig wasn't like that. He didn't wear rings. You know, he'll wear a bracelet. So I gave him a tiger's eye bracelet. And that one time he wore a tiger's eye in a chain. In a in a nice little wrap. It was wrapped for him. And I remember he was in L.A. or Detroit. I forget which one. And the lady, this lady walked up to him and was like, oh, my God. Where did you get that? That tiger's eye is so beautiful. He said, yeah, my wife gave it to me because it keeps me calm. I work in a lot of stressful situations. She was like, oh, my goodness. And he was like, you know, I'm a Scorpio, so it kind of balances me. And she was, like, so impressed. And she was like, oh, my goodness. You know, where did you learn this? He said, yo, my wife, you know, she's into that. He was like, and so am I. I'm learning. And so it, it complimented him. It made him, not that he was looking for attention, but it made him self-aware of himself. My ex-husband also had a fear of flying. So I noticed that when I gave him certain crystals, he would not have a problem. And then Craig started flying, you know. So it was, it was a lot, but I had to give it to him in increments. I was taking it like it, I was a computer. But him, I had to give him increments because... A lot of stuff, he'd be like, nah, I ain't comfortable with that. And then I would ask, well, why? And it was always somebody said or whatever. And I was like, well, just do me a favor. You trust me? Hold it for a day and see how it plays with you. So that's how that went. You cannot, or you should not. You can do whatever you want. Let me rephrase that. You should not. Because you're on a spiritual journey and you're in a relationship, you should not leave your partner just because you see somebody... I call them shiny new nickels because they're still five You see someone new and you're thinking, oh my goodness, we got something in common. Maybe you do. Maybe that person should teach you a lesson or something not to be sexually attracted to them. You have your partner. And then you'll have those people, oh my God, but when I was messing with them, I was the unhealed. Now I'm the healed version. We don't mesh well. Um, The only thing changed was your mindset. And you're still learning. So you're going to leave your partner behind? You're that quick to jump? Especially if they're not abusive or anything like that. You're growing. Okay. But didn't it say we grow together? We a team. And some of y'all forget that. Y'all really forget that. Well, y'all quick to jump ship because you done learned a new spiritual word. Or you done learned a crystal. Or you done learned something. Are you wearing white now? You meditating. What's wrong with meditating together? Instead of. 
Oh, I don't want to be with him no more. He don't want to change. How do you know if you're not introducing him to something and allowing them to learn? I tell you, the second one, and a lot of people do this. A lot of people do it. A lot of couples. Where their partner is on a spiritual journey and they get angry because. I know a, a person that was like, yo, you know, my mom and them, they don't like that voodoo shit. And, you know, nah, nah, that's of the devil. I'm I'm of God. But you smoking, drinking, cheating on your woman? Stop. 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 Oh, I'm a thug. I can't be doing that. Yeah, stop. 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 That rah-rah, I'm thug, running in the street shit is played out. Haven't you seen? <laughs> the police is fighting back now. And guess what? They winning. And why are you trying to be the thug of your block and you don't own a building, a store? You don't own shit. Who you fighting for? The concrete? Because you don't even own that. Oh, this is my hood. This ain't shit of yours. You don't own anything in the very clothes that you wear. You might have borrowed from somebody or stolen. You don't own nothing. Here it is, somebody coming in your life and they trying to show you a better way and surviving because they see your potential. And you running around here <laughs> trying to... <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. I'm trying to get all this cold out. And here you is running around here Trying to act like you hard. That's a video. And those people right there got college degrees. Two trains and all of them. They all got college fucking degrees. They done went to school. Your ass still running around trying to mimic what you see. No. I'm in that gang life. Fed up. Uh. You look retarded. Because what's going to happen when you turn in your 40s? What do you have to show? A buckle? A belt buckle and a pair of shoes? That's it? You got kids now. You got a family. What are you investing in it? $40 ain't going to get you nowhere no more. If you haven't seen, a goddamn gallon of milk in certain places is $7.99. A bag of goddamn potato chips that we used to once pay $1.49 is five and some change. So here it is, you out here panhandling and begging for a swipe on somebody's train. And life is moving the fuck on. So here it is. You have a woman that is trying to show you and and help you heal and love you to where you still want to do the bullshit. That's why. I, and and oh man, nah, uh -uh, I ain't working for the white man. When you go into the store and swipe that EBT card that your girl got, that's the white man. I know you lying. It's time to grow up. If you're dating someone and they're on a spiritual journey, you'll be amazed. I saw a brother, he said when he met his wife, Right before they got married, he met it. You know, now they married. He said he ain't know nothing about being a vegan. He ain't know nothing about crystals, none of that. He said he ain't no shit about that. He said his, you know, he was eating chicken and pork sandwiches and shit. 
He said, you know, one day his girl was like, look, the food that you're eating is killing you. So he said, man, you know, he never really tried plant-based or vegan. So he was just used to eating just anything. And she said, if you don't like it, I won't force you into it. So she made him a meal. And he said, yo, he fell in love. And she made a dessert. And she started introducing him to teas. And he said, the more he started, there were certain things he didn't like. Not, like, nah, ma, don't cook that. I don't like that. But uh, more than at least 85 to 90% of the meals she cooked, he said, that was vegan and plant-based. He said, yo, those shits was good. He said, but then he started noticing that his life started transforming. Because we do heal from the inside out. He said, and he started noticing, he started breathing better. His complexion started looking better. Say so he started thinking. Say so he wanted to write. Now he has a whole company. He got married. He does a video for Thanksgiving every year. And this brother, I've seen and watched him. I don't know him personally, but I've watched him. Just transform into this now crazy, beautiful artist. He adds his family into it, all of that. And she saved his life. But you have to be willing, open of change. And that's one of the main things that a lot of people don't want. When they start seeing their partner change, change the narrative, change the way they're thinking, started healing, started eating right, taking all that shit that's, you know, uh, detrimental to your health and all that sugar and all of that and start changing, removing the pork and all the meat and just start more vegetables and water and teas. You have to be open to it. But you know what some people usually do? Man, fuck that. I'm out. Uh-uh. And when they see said partner changing, oh, yeah, they try to come back to see if you are really about that. I don't smoke. I haven't smoked in eight going on nine years. No, it's nine years. Nine years. It'll be nine years I haven't smoked, right? The people I used to hang around, right? They would be like lighting cigarettes and be like, yeah, you want me to bust you down? Nah, it's been nine years. I don't smoke. Oh, word. Damn, I can't do that. Yo, I'm going over here and get a chopped cheese. I don't eat meat. Word? Yeah. Yo, I'm going to buy a soda. You want a soda? I don't drink soda. Word? Yeah. Wow. Yo, man, I can't live like that. I didn't ask you to. <laughs> and I'm I'm real blind about mine. I never asked you to. And, you know, I try to be hospitable when people come to my house, right? And I would wait until they come and go food shopping, you know, so they can pick out, you know, whatever it is they want to eat and, you know, if I cook it. And I saw a video 
where uh, one of the girls, she was like, you know, I was dating this person. And, you know, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't eat meat, you know. And she would, just to make them happy, she would, you know, let them smoke and let them drink and, you know, cook meat for them. And um, she was like, just to make them happy. She said, but then she noticed, like it was a one-sided thing. She would, she would bend over and make these adjustments, you know, in her life for the, for this person. And they never did the same. All they did was reap the benefit. So then she said she had to make a con a conscious decision. I don't smoke, but I'm kissing you. And I'm allowing that poison back in my body. I don't eat meat or anything like that. And I'm laying with you. And I'm allowing all of that to get into me. No, no, no. So she offered this person like, hey, you know, you're going to change or, you know, are you going to... um you know, change your, your eating habits or at least stop working on quitting smoking. He said, I didn't ask you to do it, so don't ask me. So she said she had to make the conscious decision to walk away. Not all of us are bold like that. You know why? Because we have this fear of settling. That's the only kind of person I'm going to get, so I don't want to lose him. So we sit here and we make this illusion, this this scenario in our head. And what's the use of healing, but you're putting the sickness back in your body? Real talk. We get on this healing when it comes to relationships. We want to heal. You're supposed to heal mentally, physically, spiritually, and environmentally. The, your surroundings. The things that you are giving access to and allowing in your life. The last one is the hardest one for a lot of people because we think that we can heal and still run with the people we ran with, our day ones. We think that we can heal and still think that, I ain't talking about married couples, I'm talking about people that's, you know, we, we sleeping around, we don't know what we are yet. But if you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't do those things. And this person is literally not even trying to stop. Like, they're just smoking more. They're just eating this shit more. And expect, because in their head, the same way it's in your head, I'm going to get them to stop. Or I'm going to get her to start smoking. Or I'm going to get her. And eventually, one of y'all are going to break. And believe it or not, and I know some of y'all are going to be like, no, no. It's usually the one on the spiritual journey that breaks. It's usually nine times out of 10. And the reason why is they see their friends. They see the environment that they are in. They don't want to be left out. They don't want to be the, the, the third wheel. They don't want to leave their comfort zone. They don't want challenges. So they wind up, oh, yeah, this spiritual stuff is not for me. Never mind. You know, it's okay. And they're back doing the things that they tried to pray themselves out of. <laughs> For real. When I was 
sitting in the projects. I never forget it was me, Mika, Jackie, Sherelle, God bless that, Michelle, Gwen, uh, Serena, God bless that she died too. Erica, it was a whole bunch of us. We was all sitting out there. And I was like, yo, you know, here I am, I'm changing my life. I'm stop hanging around on Jamaica Avenue. I was, you know, over in Forest Hills. I was working and you know, I, I just I didn't want to be there. Like my environment had to change. And I remember sitting there and I was like, yo, this can't be it. Like it's a world out there. And everybody was sitting there and they're looking at me like, girl, you might as well stop thinking like that. You living in the projects, you got your apartment, girl, this is it. And I was like, yo, this can't be it. This can't be it. We go to work or we go down to the welfare, work for our check. We come back, smoke weed, drink, sit here, talk about people, make time to eat, argue with our man, go in the house and do the same shit again. This can't be it. Like, no. So I started small. I would go, I would get the kids dressed. And at first, Craig didn't go with me. I would get the kids dressed and I would take them either to the village, to the city. We'll go to Brooklyn. We'll go all over on a Saturday and Sunday, right? We'll go all over. Pack up. I ain't careful. I only have food stamps. Pack up a lunch and eight book bags and we'll go to Central Park. Like, we was everywhere. Four kids and me on the train. (sighs) Then Craig started, hey, where y'all going? I was like, yo, we going. And at first, he didn't want to. He was like, yo, why can't we just sit here? I can't stand it here. I I don't. I don't know. We going to give these kids something to do, something to look forward to. So at first, Craig didn't go. Like I said, I would take the kids. Then he started coming to a few places. Then I noticed that I would ask you know, all my friends, hey, y'all want to go? No, girl. And then when we come back, the kids would be running around telling other kids where they where they went or they'll have something new or something. And they'd be like, girl, I'm going to go next time. Okay. After a while, because it was only me and my kids. After a while, I stopped asking people. Like, it, I, I thought it was better just me and my kids. We would go to bookstores, live in Barnes and Nobles. Like, we, we'd be everywhere. So... I just didn't want to come back and live there. So I wound up moving. First, I moved down a block in my mom's house. But that wasn't no better. Because it was the same people that would come down the block. And I'm like, you know, after a while, when I started locking my hair, I started changing the way I was dressing. And, you know, oh, I was the butt of every joke, every conversation. Oh, who she thinks she is? You know, now she locking her hair, she wrapping up. You're not African. I never said I was African. <laughs> you know, oh, you think you better than us. You don't want to hang out with us. I just don't want to sit on the bench all day. That That's it's something. You know how much things it is to go and see? And they, that wasn't it. So then... When I moved, our family would go on vacation. We would enjoy 
We would meet people. We would have fun. We would travel. We wasn't just settling. But I knew I had, or one of us, had to be the one to motivate, to set the fire, to be the example, to be consistent, to say, hey, we can grow with this. Let's start. And we would. And we started. And as we started, our lives started changing. The way we viewed life started changing. We started becoming responsible. We had kids. We had to make sure that the world was safe and better for them. But we also had to teach them how to survive, maneuver, how to communicate in this world. But now I am learning because we knew how to survive. We are now learning how to live. That's the beauty. So, and last but not least, I said I wanted to talk about different scenarios. When you meet a woman or a man that is already on their spiritual journey, that have been through some years, The last thing you want to do is play. If you are not ready to grow, change, heal, don't date them. Don't date them. Don't date them. Because guess what they don't have to do? They don't have to explain anything to you. They don't. They don't have a problem with walking away. If you're not ready to change your life, to make life better for you, don't, don't, don't date them. Don't waste your time. Like, for real. Go. I used to laugh when people say, oh my God, you so, you're doing too much. And I go, <laughs> I used to laugh and be like, that's the problem. You're not doing enough. You know, and it's true. But you people will want to date spiritual people or people that are, you know, in tune with their lives or their healing. Right? And they'll see it and be like, yo, that's the kind of woman I want, or that's the kind of partner I want. And in reality, you're not ready for that. You see the the shiny nickel. You see it. You don't see where, yo, we meditate, we pray, we eat healthy. We don't nah, we don't do that. One guy, he did. He he was he was trying to talk to me and I was like, I'll tell you. He was sitting there. He was smoking. I said, nah, play. I don't smoke. And he was like, oh, where? Yeah. He was like, yo, so, you know, I'm going to go to the bar. You want to come? I said, I don't drink neither. So what am I going to the bar for? He was, I said, unless it's a live band, but I really don't. I don't. I don't. I don't drink. He turned around and he said, yo, G, I can't date you. And I said, oh, okay, no problem. And he said, no, it's not. He said, it's not bad for you. It's bad for me. He said, because you're going to make me want to be responsible, to grow up and be a man. He said, I'm not ready for that. Now, mind you, he was in his 40s. I was in my 40s, too. He was, And he was still living in his mama's house. He said, yo, you're going to want me to be responsible. And I'm not ready for that. You not? Like, you really? And I had to ask. Like, you really are comfortable living in your mom's house? He was like, yeah. 
He's like, I ain't got to pay rent. And he said, and if I date you, I'm going to have to get out here, be responsible, look for a job. Like, you know, he said, nah, nah. He said, I'm not ready for that. And I said, yo, I respect your honesty. Can't get mad at that. You saved me bail money from going to prison. And I saved you uh, a death sentence. You know, so I, I think it was a win-win. We both wind up winning. Because, see, we get, we see these people and we think, yo, that's the kind, yo, she don't smoke, she take care, she clean, like, yo, she cooks, she do all that, I want that. But when it comes, a thing called responsibility, discipline, consistency, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, my, you know, you working for yourself. You doing a lot of things. Like, yo, I, yo, you you the type of woman. Stop pumping brakes. What you do? <coughs> now nah, I hustle. Do I look like I'm ready to go backwards? <coughs> Excuse me. Like, do you have any kind of plans to either create your own company, work for a company? Like, how are we going to pay rent or mortgage or whatever? Because I'm not an adoption agency. I'm not moving you from your homeboy's house or your baby mama house or your mama house for you to move in my house and become part of the furniture. Now, nah, we active here. He was like, yo, <coughs> nah, 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 it ain't like that. You know, right now I'm in between. Up, oh, I'm in the door. I'm in the building. It's mine. I brought it. I ain't got time to be standing in the doorway. No, no, move. Move to the side and let somebody that's really about that walk through. Not you. I'm sorry, baby. Go ahead. Uh-uh. He was like, yo, word? Yeah. Because we're not doing that. We're not. I'm not an adoption agency. I'm not. And yeah, I make it personal, but I want you to say that as well. You're not an adoption agency. You're not the fucking kennel. You're not the ASPCA. You're not coming in here to just feed and leech off of me and become a human suitcase. And that's what you call love. Oh, but you will give the bare minimum. My first husband, Roosevelt. Yeah, I say names. He will $40 you to death. And, but you got to bend over backwards to get it. Now, mind you, he wasn't like that at first. He was not. When me and him was younger, I had kids. He would go to the store and buy outfits and clothes, jewelry. He didn't just buy himself. He brought for both of us and the kids because it was a package deal. If I went somewhere, I brought him something. But he would buy for the family. If he brought food, he would buy, he would ask, what you want? Now, I used to love back in the day, fried wontons. Oh, my God, I used to love fried wontons. He'll get a pack for him and a pack for me. And he'll get the kids chicken and rice. Right? Real talk. Now, over the years, we separated. He left. Okay. When I started reintroducing himself as well as myself, I remember he went to get him something to eat. And he didn't do this to me. Because I looked at him and was like, what? The person that he was friends with, he put, tore off the top, put the food he was eating on the top in the little part. It was like, here. I said, wouldn't it just would have been better if you'd have asked them what they wanted and you brought them? Man, everybody ain't like you. 
So you rather give me what you eating? Nah, don't I don't do that to you. He would sit in his car and go and sit in his car and eat. I used to be like, don't you go in the restaurants? Come on. Yeah, this is the part. Real talk. We went, I love Olive Garden, right? We go into Olive Garden. And he goes, I don't know how to order. And mind you, I ain't been in this man's life for a long time. I said, we would see each other in passing, but, you know, uh -uh. he said, um, I don't know how to order. I don't want to embarrass myself. I said, what do you want? He said, this salmon look good, but I don't want that with it. I want, I said, okay. So when the server came, I ordered for both of us. And he was like, oh, it's just like that? I said, yeah. Then he would sit in the car. I said, I'm not sitting in no car and eat. We sit in restaurants or at tables. We not homeless. We would go to stores. Like, he was quick to see somebody on the avenue selling something and buy it. Not trying it on or nothing. No, we go into stores. Come on. We are in stores and we try it on. He'll take that in the fitting room and see if this fits. He was like, yo, this is a lot. No, that's what you do, right? He's a vegetarian because he's Rastafarian. Now, we would eat. You don't have to worry about nobody smoking cigarettes or whatever. But you know what he told me? He said, I can't get back with you because I only date women that I can rescue. I said, what? He said, no, I only date women I can rescue. And it's true. He will find a chick. I tell you no lie. And it's not batching him. This is just who he is. He will find a chick. Move in with her. Separate her from her kids, her family. Make her, you know, distant from everybody. So she can only depend on him. Because he can do what he wants. You can't. And if you smoke cigarettes or play scratch off, he needs you with some kind of defect. Something that is negative. He needs you to have that. Because he plays on that. If he was dating, God bless her dad, this girl passed away. He was dating this chick where she smoked and drank, but she played scratch-offs. Like, she would buy $100 worth of scratch-offs. So, she would ask him, can I have some money? And he will give her $40. He will $40 you to death. And she will go buy scratch-offs. So, when she wanted to go with her friends or whatever, he would, you know, make her feel bad. Like, Oh, that's all you do is play scratch-offs. That's it. That's all you spend your money on. You never going to be shit like that, right? Because he'll fuck with them mentally. So when me and him was talking, he was like, you play scratch-offs? I was like, no. I said, I don't gamble. <laughs> he was like, so what do you do now? I said, well, I go to my godfather's house when there's a ceremony or, you know, I'm in the house or, you know, I'm building my company up. He said, so what is your negative traits? I said, loving the wrong people. 
Real talk. That's just what I told him. Loving the wrong people. He, he said, no, no, no. I know you smoke. Nope, I don't smoke. I know you drink. Nope, don't drink. Oh, I know you cheat. Can't cheat. My old do and, you know, so I'm breaking it down. I was like, nah, I'm initiated. There's certain things I can't do. He, uh, he, he tried to find so many things. But then, you know, so he was like, yo, I want to start a company. So I stopped off at the courthouse, got the paperwork. I said, okay, this is what you got to do. It's $95. You know, you go and get it stamped. You'll have your business license. Like, yo, we can start. He turned around and looked at me and said, I can't date you. I can only date someone with a problem. Someone that, he said, because you don't need me. I said, no, we lift each other up. We, you know, build each other up. He said, nah, I need you broken. That shit really rocked me. Not saying that it hurt my feelings, but I, I've never heard a dude be so upfront like that. Like, yo, I, I want to date a broken bitch. Like, I don't want to date you. Nah. And it was crazy because he does. He was dating. <clears throat> she would walk up past the boulevard every day and talk to him. She would date dudes and tell the dude, hey, before I date you, you got to go and ask Roosevelt permission. And these dudes would really come and ask this nigga, hey, I'm dating her. Do you mind? And I'm, when I found that out, I said, are y'all crazy? My friend Daryl, whom I love, because sometimes you need a reality check. He said, you don't belong here. Because Rosario used to sit up on 109. And I would sit in the car with him. I don't know why, right? I really don't. And Dad would say, yo, you don't belong here. It's not you. Like, yo, you left. Why are you coming back? Yo, this not you. This nigga right here is not a look for you. I'm sitting out there arguing with people doing all of that. And he's like, yo, this ain't you. You left. Why you back? What's wrong? You going through something? Go talk to those people you follow. Because this ain't it. I had to really take a real look at my life and who I was and what I wanted to do and how I needed to move. And like I said, when you change the narrative, everything starts changing. But it also means about a partner. Those people you bring in your life are those people that's already in your life. You cannot open new doors with old keys. If you're married, I suggest, strongly suggest, you show your partner, as well as your children, how to live a spiritual and peaceful life. If you're dating and this ain't working, let it go. Let it go. And move your ass on. Trust me when I say, even when you get that thought, damn, I should text him. Remember how it was. You didn't like the relationship. And that's, I'm speaking to those people, right? If this conversation ain't for you, don't worry about it. <clears throat> it ain't for you. But I'm speaking to those people that are in relationships that's not balanced, that's not even. 
you already know they were dating the broken you. The one that was out there smoking, drinking, twerking, fighting, doing all kinds of things. And you knew you wasn't happy with that life. You want it better. You want your children to have it better. So you started. You cleaned your house out. You started the work. And now, when it comes to relationships, we're not picking up dudes like we pick up rocks. It's a lot of fucking diseases going around. Monkeypox. Man, it is so many goddamn diseases. It's okay to wear condoms. It's okay to wear protection. It's okay. It's not taboo. Really, it'll save your life. Especially if you know. Because the the most craziest thing I've ever heard. Oh my God, he not cheating because my spirits would have told me. Then find out he got a whole fucking family on the other side of the goddamn borough. Oh, they doing voodoo to me. No, he was cheating when you met him, ma. Huh? You know it, it wasn't right. You just wanted someone so you can have something to show off to your friends. I laugh. I laugh. I had to really sit down and tell myself, do I want to be miserable? Because I don't want to be alone. Do I want to be with someone that is going to bring havoc to my life? Nah, I did that. I don't want that no more. Do I want someone in my life that is going to lie, bring me all kinds of diseases, use me for my money, use me to clout chase, use me as an adoption agency because they got some place to live, use my resources? Do I? Just so I can show the world that I got somebody. I know you lying. I know you lying. Oh, but, you know, that's my man and the way they talk to you. Oh, let me tell you, I won. I was in the car with my sister-in-law, right? She was, she got a whole new man. So, she live on the fifth floor. She ain't got no elevator. She live in the Bronx. I hate, when I used to go to her house, once I get upstairs, that's it. I, I, ain't, I send them kids. Y'all go to the store. I buy y'all something. Because ain't no way in hell I'm walking up and down them goddamn steps. I know you lying. So, she's driving a man's car. She's on the phone with him. Like, you know, she had to tell him wherever she goes, she has to call and let him know. Okay, I'm leaving here or we're on our way here. And I was like, I, I'm a strong believer. If I got to tell you. Every step of the way of where I'm going, it's because your ass is doing something. You don't want me to catch you because <laughs> you want to know where I'm at every moment. So we went to Rochdale's event. So she was like, we on our way. I'm like, okay. Then when we left, okay, we leaving. We're going to stop at the store. And after we stop at the store, we're going to do this. And then we come in there. But she had to ask his permission. It's her house. It's her apartment. She paid the bills. He lived there. Adoption agency. I'm telling y'all. But she has to ask him, can she bring or have company there? Even if her kids can come there. She got to ask this nigga. But anyway, it's a whole new different conversation. So she said, we're going to stop by the store. Okay. She get her something to drink. I get me something because I know once I get up there, I ain't coming back down. Right? 
been like that since she moved in. She's been living there for 20-something years. So she get up there, and he look at her and go, where's my chocolate bar? She said, oh, my God, I forgot it. Now, mind you, he's sitting there. He could walk downstairs himself. She said, oh, I forgot it. He said, well, you know what you got to do. She looked at me. Now, I done got my feet up on the couch. She looked at me and said, come on, we got to go. I said, who fucking him, me or you? She said, I am. I said, that's who's going. I put my goddamn feet up on that couch. And I looked at him. I said, either you are sleeping with her. No lie, I'm going to tell you what I said. And you dicking her down. Or she just a surefire fool. Because ain't no way in hell you will go to the store yourself. He said, we already sleep in the same bed together. Wait, hold on. You a roommate and she running around here? Who the fuck is she? The house guest in her own house? She the housekeeper? She the maid? She the fucking uh, concierge? Because ain't no fucking way in hell. And he was serious. She went downstairs. Went all the way downstairs. Got what he wanted. A, one candy bar. And came back up. He said, here. He said, thank you. And that was it. I said, so now I need to know. I said, what if she, <coughs> if she was on the other foot and you walked in with your friend or your brother and she told you to go to the store, would you go? He said, hell no, she'd go. She'd been here all day. Fuck she was doing. I said, Mira, meet Elo. Elo, meet Mira. He said, ah, oh, nah, I'm the man. I don't, I don't uh, do none of that. That's women's stuff. To go to the store? So who was going to the store for you when you was living in your mama house? He said, I was. I said, say less. Adoption agencies. Real talk. But she wanted a man because all her friends had boyfriends. She wanted a man. Now, yeah, he give her money. He do. He put money in her account. Money can't buy your happiness. This generation get more money than the Lord allowed. And they complain and are unhappy. And they got money. You have to learn. <laughs> How bad do you want peace? Setting healthy boundaries. Even in a relationship. Communication is the key. Comprehending is even priceless. But we get into the spiritual journey. And... The part that we ignore is the environment because we still think we can heal and still sit around those unhealed people. And the relationship, we heal just enough so we can get a partner knowing this partner ain't shit. But yet and still, we want to change and pray and hope. And stealing another man is not the universe giving you a husband or a man. No, it's not. You got him. Don't complain. Oh, you got her. Don't complain. <laughs> you, you Really, you did them a favor. <laughs> I remember this girl, Fibula, she was like, I'm, I took your man. I said, girl, girl, you took my problem, but you're welcome to have it. Just make sure it don't come back. Bye. What? Yeah, girl. Yes, girl. Uh-uh. We not doing that. Like, you can have him. I did that when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 
when I was married to Rose, where I would run up on people, argue with them, fight, do all of that. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not. That shit ain't healthy. And do you know at this time, <coughs> he loves that. He loves for women to run up on other women and make a scene. He'll complain, but secretly he loves that shit. And I'm sitting there like, yo, no. Nah. Nah, that shit is crazy. And he... he he even puts you in situations that will will have you do that. I'm I was so grateful for Craig on so many levels. God bless Dad. I remember the first time we was dating and I ran up on this girl that he was talking to. And he said, Hold on, stop. Who am with? I said, Me. He said, So I can't speak to a woman because she works with me. We have to always make sure he was. He was a bouncer at Jibberlings. He said, we have to always make sure we're on point. We have uh, Neil was their manager. I mean, their boss. God bless day. He passed away. And he was like, yo, we got to make sure we look out for each other. Everybody's on the same page. I can't search a woman. Women search women. He was like, so uh, turn that light on. Turn the light on. He said, this job, working with women and everybody else, keep that shit on. He said, hey, you can act like you was with your first husband and think that shit is fly, because I'm going to leave. And I was like, wow. You know, like nobody never said it was wrong because everybody always praised that shit. All my friends praised that shit. Like, oh, wow, he fighting you. That means he love you. Oh, wow, he, uh-uh, why is this bitch in your man's face? Like, they think that's a norm. It's not. Real women don't got to do that. Why? If you my man, you my husband, I ain't got to work. You could be in a room full of women. You already know what you got at home. And that's what Craig taught me. I never forget. This motherfucker was around all beautiful women. Like, he was working on movie sets and all that. And I remember his homeboy asking me, he was like, yeah, man, you know that girl? He said, listen, I got steak at home. I don't need no burger. He said, she got my back. And I did. So... Like, okay, I didn't sit there and be feeling bad. No, that's that's mine right there. Shit, he know what he got at home. He know what he invested it in. Uh-uh. I helped him. Craig would eat everything. Craig would eat four or five burgers. Craig would um, just consume everything. Now, he always smoked weed, but he was smoking, shit, two packs a day of cigarettes. When we got together and I started changing and making everybody become a vegan and all that, Craig lost all that weight. He was so in shape. Where his friend Ed was like, yo, he getting hot? I said, no, he healthy. He walks the dog. Like, you know, we meditate. We do yoga. And that was foreign to them. But it all rubbed off because when Craig would go certain places, he was like, nah, we, I don't eat that. Like, nah. And they'd be, why? And he, yo, you know what's in there? Like, yo, that shit is killing you. That's why you can't breathe. So even Ed started working out. Ed started changing. Like, he was an impact on a lot of his friends. <laughs> and he'll tell you, he'll, nah, I got that from my wife. Nah, uh-uh. My wife, nah. Now, you know, we would go and eat out once in the blue, but I was cooking. So when his girl and them gave him a bowl of cereal... And I remember Ed came to our house, and he was like, um, yo, you make 